This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar along with Judd Zulgad. And Judd, I had a good time at the NFL Combine. No, sorry, a great time at the NFL Combine. Yeah, because uh, it's football. Really, I, I left before all the guys ran around in their underpants because you and I have a Saturday sports talk show to do. But I had a chance to be a part of a very small group of reporters who spoke with Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer at the Combine. And while Rick Spielman was dodging all sorts of questions, Mike Zimmer was much more honest. And I think his most honest moments came talking about the quarterbacks, Judd. And Mm -hmm. one that stuck out to me, he said a lot of the same things you've heard from him before about Teddy Bridgewater. But two things stuck out to me, one on Case Keenum and one on Sam Bradford. The Case Keenum thing is what we've been saying for a very long time. Zimmer admitted that he's not sure whether Case Keenum can continue to perform at the level he did this year. So that wasn't really breaking news. But he talked a lot about Sam Bradford and how talented he thinks Sam Bradford is and said, basically, if they could guarantee him being the 15-game or 16-game-a-year quarterback and not the one-game-and-then-get-hurt quarterback, uh, he would really love Sam Bradford as his guy. And then the next day, I see a couple of uh, national reporters, Greg Rosenthal from NFL.com and Ian Rappaport, Uh, I saw mention this on TV that now there's more buzz around the idea of Sam Bradford returning to Minnesota. So what are your thoughts, Judd, knowing all of that, knowing that Mike Zimmer's relationship with Bradford was very good during the off season. And he was extremely impressed with him in training camp and in week one. But of course, uh, when you mention the word degenerative, that's uh, bad. So where do you stand on the potential of Sam Bradford returning to Minnesota? Well, do we think that uh, Mike brought up the term degenerative to describe Sam Bradford's knee because that's the truth and he's concerned? Or is he trying to, with some type of uh, mind game, drive teams away? I guess that would be my question. Uh, Knowing Zimmer, I'm not sure that he would actually think to try and drop that piece of information to drive teams away. So my personal feeling is this. I think he really likes Bradford, and I think he really likes Teddy. And I think he's leery of both, rightfully so. Um, So as much as he might have established a relationship with Bradford, I'm really going to be surprised if a guy at Bradford's age who's had, what, two left ACL repairs done, and now we know that his left knee is degenerating slowly but surely. I'm going to be surprised if they bring him back as their guy. Would they bring him back on a reasonable contract, potentially to battle for a job? I guess I could see that, although I pretty much dismissed that a few months ago. I could see that being the scenario. But once again, this all comes back to, Collar, who's going to be willing to pay for what? 
and what's the patient's going to be? Because if, you, if you're going to pursue Kirk Cousins and go all in there, you can't really tell Sam, well, you know what, Sam, just be patient, hold on, unless there's no market for Sam. So I think that the head coach really likes Bridgewater, and I think he really likes Bradford, and I think there's very legitimate concerns about both of their, their knees going forward. And I, I think that if you're another team out there who's going to draft a quarterback and wants a Mike Glennon-type veteran quarterback to compete with that person in training camp and then maybe give you a chance to win some games if that rookie doesn't uh, win the job or doesn't look like he's ready right away. It could be sort of an Alex Smith situation where Smith played the year with Patrick Mahomes behind him and then as soon as the season was over, the Kansas City Chiefs traded him away and then now we're going to turn the ball over to the guy that they drafted so in two different spots that was the situation and I wouldn't be surprised if someone like the Cleveland Browns for example if they wanted to draft one of these quarterbacks high but they also wanted to make sure that they had a veteran that Sam Bradford would be the guy they would look to and then that comes down to the price and whether Sam Bradford would want to try to come back to win with the Vikings for less money or less guaranteed or whatever it might be. Or if the Vikings liked the idea of having him on a one-year deal so much that they would be able to guarantee the whole thing, something like that. I mean, Bradford, you remember at one time, Bradford was kind of a punchline for how much money he had made versus what he had produced. But I mean, I think his, his talent does justify him being a very highly paid quarterback. It's just, if you're in the Vikings position and Sam Bradford goes down in week one again, and you have to turn the ball over to, say, Josh McCown, uh, then, I mean, you're looking at another season of the same sort of thing and just hoping that everything else goes right and you can be fairly competitive. The Mm -hmm. other, well, sorry, the other option, though, Judd, would be to draft a quarterback, potentially even trading up if you were the Vikings and then bringing back Bradford. What do you think of that idea? Um. Here's the problem. Do, would they be able to have enough to trade up? If they if they had their ordinary amount of picks, which they don't, I would say that that is a plausible theory. I don't know if they can afford to or if Rick would have the a desire to trade up, giving up a future first-round pick or something, because he's at what now? I, I think they've added they added two picks uh, through the com- compensatory portion of the draft. So it, are they at six right now? Yes, I believe so. Six yes, total six. picks, or so, no? Uh, maybe it's is it seven now with the two because they had five and now they have. Well, seven. I guess the question. I guess the question becomes: w- Would you be willing to uh, to give up what you would need to in, in a potential trade up? And my guess is no. So while I don't hate the idea, I don't see that being the route that, that the Vikings take. The more I think about this, Matthew, I really think that there's a very good chance that Spielman and Wilf are going to be all in on the Cousins idea because. You know, Rick's been here since May of 2006. Will bought the team a year before that in June of 2005. And there has never been, if you go back to that time, there's never been stability at, at the QB position. Will thought that he was buying a team with Culpepper as a starter. And so I'm sure he thought at the time, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to have, you know, four, five more years of Dante. Well, he didn't. Um, and for all the good, and we can, you know, certainly pick apart what Rick has done wrong. But for all the good that Rick has done as far as drafting some players and going out and trading and or signing some guys, the one position that they have never figured out is quarterback. So I think from the from the Wilf Spielman camp, it has to be really tempting 
because guys like Cousins hit the open market almost never, right? So there's got to be a temptation here for the Vikings to say, if we're one of three teams, let's go as hard as we possibly can because in their minds, they're probably thinking, if we get Cousins, we've solved this problem for potentially five years. Now, now the only question that I would come back with you or to ask you is this. What's your sense of Zimmer? Because I don't know that Mike would be on board with that idea, but Mike also has just been here since 2014, and the one guy that he really thought that he had a quarterback and that he lost was Bridgewater. So Spielman and Wilf have a much longer history with this franchise of not being able to solve the quarterback dilemma. Uh, Zimmer's time here has been clearly much shorter, and so his feeling about this might be different. With Zimmer, one of the things he said that I thought came across that is very honest, and, and I don't think that he's really the type of guy to play the games in the media to try to send a certain message, even if they asked him to do that, even if they went to him and said, all right, Mike, say this so Kirk Cousins <laughs> thinks that he'd be like, okay, and then he would just screw it up as soon as he got in there because he's not very good at that. The times where I've seen him try to send some sort of message that's been pre-planned He's pretty much botched it. I mean, if you remember when they had the uh, the cornerbacks that seemed to plot against him in the last game or second to last game in 2016, he came yep. out with a press conference that was just uh, a complete mess. And we all walked away saying, I, you know, you really should have just told the truth. And there's some credit to be given for being a bad liar. I know that mm-hmm. the, I'm that way. Like if, uh, it, you know, it's, in my life in general, if I try to make up some story or whatever with my wife, she knows immediately. And I just say, okay, you got me. Uh, So there, there's some credit to that because most coaches are lying constantly in management too. Um, But when Mike Zimmer said to us that he told Rick Spielman, he doesn't want the team to fall apart because of a quarterback. I think he's telling the truth there. And even though they could afford to, cousins and to sign those other guys coming up on extensions the signings that they would not be able to make would be players like Linval Joseph players like Captain Munnerlyn guys that they were just able to pick up off free agency and make significant players here or even the bringing back Terrence Newman it wasn't a high price but getting those little free agents that maybe don't seem like a gigantic signing at the time but turn out to be very valuable Mm-hmm. Those would be the ones that would be a lot harder. And what it comes down to really is the formula. Do you take a risk on Bradford or Bridgewater coming back slash drafting a quarterback? And I think they could, they wouldn't be able to trade up into the top five, but could you trade up into the middle of the first round? Probably in a quarterback draft. Like, could they pull off the same deal the chiefs made? I think they could. So if let's say Lamar Jackson is 15th and he's still out there, I think you could pull off that same sort of deal, but I don't think they could move all the way up. Anyway, would mm-hmm. you ra- would you rather have that scenario or a McCown as your backup and add Sheldon Richardson or Andrew Norwell or a number of these? If you think about how good this team could be with two or three more free agents, eh, how good is Kirk Cousins really? Is he really worth giving up the opportunity to potentially load up the the roster to the point where it reflects that Eagles loaded up roster that just won the Super Bowl. And I don't think that Mike Zimmer necessarily wants to do that. And I think in, in Mike's mind, I think Mike thinks let's get the offense to be good, but Mike calling card. And the the reason why he, he was brought here in 2014 was why because of defense. So 
I think the temptation to go spend huge on Cousins is much more a Spielman thing, thinking to himself, I've been here since 2006. I've been, I've been GM since, what, 2012, and I have yet to get that position. By the way, the most important position probably in all of sports, right? And so I think that's his, his state of mind or his thought process. I think Zimmer's is, I was brought here for defensive purposes. I want the offense to be very functional and good. But if that's going to, as you just said, if that's going to start to cost you either signing guys um, and or retaining guys, I think Mike's going to say no. So I could definitely see some friction here on on the direction that they go uh, because Mike doesn't have the experience here where, where he's gone through, if you think about the long line, right, Collar? You can think about Tavares Jackson and you think about Ponder and two years of Brett Favre, which was one great year and one disastrous year and Joe Webb and on and on and, and on. I think in Spielman's mind, he's thinking this gives me an opportunity to, to finally end this and to find a quarterback. And I think Mike's thinking, yeah, that's great if you do that. But if you do, who are we going to lose or not sign because of it? Yeah, and Zimmer said we've won 40 games over the last four years for a head coach to average 10 wins per year without a solidified veteran starting quarterback or a, a solidified year-after-year year Pro Bowl starting quarterback, to have that sort of consistency really does speak to the strength of the roster and I would say the, the strength of the defensive coaching. Uh, you know, Over the last three years, they've done something that teams usually don't do. I, I did a study on this last year about how difficult it is for a team to be in the top five in scoring defense three years in a row, and there's only a handful of teams that have done it. The Ravens did it a while back. And the uh, Seattle Seahawks did it, but it's hard to keep great defenses together. And the Vikings have been able to do that. And I think Zimmer is a big part of it. What it Mm -hmm. might come down to is who's making the final decision on this quarterback (laughs) situation. And, you know, here's the thing that Zimmer here's the thing that Zimmer has that the others don't is that Zimmer has faced Kirk Cousins in two games. He has game planned against him. He has watched him in person. He's seen. Uh, what it takes to game plan against him to analyze the strengths and weaknesses. He's had the whole coaching staff prepare for a game. He's had his defense prepare for a game to go against cousins. So they know everything that he does well and all the areas he struggles. And I've just been of the opinion, Judd, that if they get Kirk cousins, you are signing up to be relevant. You are guaranteeing yourself to be relevant save for a random non-contact injury, which we know is always possible in Minnesota. Yes, you, it is. You are locking yourself into being relevant, but is it worth like how much he's better than other quarterbacks? Is that worth the money you're going to pay him and the commitment that you have to make to him, which is probably going to be about five years? That's where I struggle, Judd, because I just do not think that he is a great quarterback. I think that he is a decent quarterback. Uh, people love to talk about where you rank guys. Well, what tier is he? Where does he rank? And I put him kind of in the middle. And when you're talking about a guy who's kind of in the middle and having to pay him like the number one guy, that's where it doesn't add up to me. And the other thing too, is people will watch Nick Foles win the Super Bowl here. And of course they will say, Hey, Nick Foles just won the Super Bowl. You just got to build up your team or you could just have a decent quarterback like Kirk cousins and you could probably win. I don't agree. I do not agree. I mean, I I still look at the last 10 years and say it's all the Tom Brady's, Matt Ryan's in the Super Bowl, 
Russell Wilson is winning the Super Bowl. It's all the great quarterbacks who are still winning. Aaron Rodgers is still winning. And I think that next year when Russell Wilson maybe gets a tackle or has a kicker that can help him out, or if you're talking about Aaron Rodgers being healthy for the rest of the year, I think the great quarterbacks are going to be right back there in the playoffs and you're going to have to beat them. I'm not sure that Kirk Cousins is the way to do that. In my opinion, the way that uh, Zimmer's going right now is very much twofold. One, I, I remain somewhat convinced, and I didn't know what to think upon immediately seeing his quotes um, out of the combine on Thursday, but the more I digested them, I still think that his love for Teddy goes a long ways here. Yeah. Like I, I, I really believe that in his heart of hearts, I, I think Mike Zimmer doesn't like quarterbacks as a rule. I think he loves Teddy, though. And so... I. I told Phil on the show today, I said, I compare Mike Zimmer's disdain for most quarterbacks to how Mike Tice felt about kickers. I think Mike, <laughs> I think Zimmer sees quarterbacks as a necessary evil of a game that he loves. And so if it comes to a Keenum or a guy like that, I don't think he's thrilled with that guy. I think that's the first point. The second point, though, is, and I think this is where Zimmer fundamentally disagrees with what you just said and went through, is he was hired to stop quarterbacks. And so his whole life, if, if you, if you sat down with Zim and got four glasses of wine in, I think he would tell you truthfully that, that at heart, he's still a defensive coordinator and you know, the head coaching thing is fine, but I don't think he is truly into the entire, well, the entire team is, is important and it's a 53 man roster. And if I have to sacrifice for my secondary, I will. I think his main thought process is I was hired because I'm a great defensive coach and I was hired in a division where the Vikings were failing because they couldn't stop Stafford and Rogers. And at that time, Jay Cutler, Matthew. So I think Mike's thinking is twofold. One, there's an attachment to Teddy. That's just going to be there until the day that Teddy leaves here. And two, he's so hyper-focused on defense that the thought of having to sacrifice defense for a guy like Cousins it truly makes him want to throw up. I think that that's true, but I would also say this. I'll make a comparison to myself. So uh, I'm in decent shape, Judd, but I'm, uh, I'm no bodybuilder, right? But I would say to myself, sure. hey, oh. hey, look, you know, I'm on the radio. I don't need to look great. It's fine. I'll just, like, justify it, right? I, I don't need to go pump weights and, and run or whatever. But... If I looked like Harrison Smith, you know, but just jacked and everything, I'd be like, yeah, look at me. I, this is great. So, it, like, if you have just good enough of a quarterback and a great defense, you're just going to say, well, yeah, we got a great defense. It's, it's fine. We can do it. But if you had Aaron Rodgers, you'd say, oh, this is great. We have Aaron Rodgers. And I, yep. I get a chance to listen to Mike Zimmer talk about great quarterbacks that he's going up against all the time and the challenges they present, the Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and when he talks about them, you can hear jealousy in his voice, I think. Like, how did Mike McCarthy, this mediocre coach, end up with this all-time great player and he gets to keep his job forever and I'm always worried about my job because I don't have Aaron Rodgers. And I thought it was funny. I was reading NFL.com's write-up of what Zimmer said uh, yesterday. And they said he dryly joked about being fired. I can assure you 
He is not joking. I, Mike Zimmer is driven every single day by the fear that he is going to be canned, and he understands the reality that if you don't find a good quarterback, your longevity in this league is generally not that great. In fact, I think he's already bucked that trend. If you have three quarterbacks in four years, you probably don't make it four or five years in the NFL. And his love for Teddy is because Teddy is the only one of these quarterback options that is a special player, I think, that is different than the other guys. And I know that people can throw his fantasy statistics at me and say he only threw for 14 touchdowns, and I totally understand that. We've talked about that a lot. But Mike Zimmer looks at all the tape. He looks at all the skill sets. He looks at these players' histories. He looks at what he's seen from them over a big sample of time. And I think his comments reflect the fact that he believes Teddy is a special player, not just good, not just talented, not just good enough, but someone who could take you to a different place than many other quarterbacks in the league. But yet he understands the reality that if his knee is not going to come back to where he was and he's not going to return to that quarterback that Zimmer thought he could be, you can't sign on to him. And they're not really tipping their hand on what their doctors are saying or what they saw in practice. Yeah, and this might be in hurt. I think the thing with Teddy, too, uh, that I would go back to, if you look at the quarterbacks that Mike has had here since he arrived in 2014, is the conversation about Teddy, despite how badly he was injured, is still about potential. Like, if you look at the majority of quarterbacks that Mike has had cycle through here as Vikings, there's not potential left. I mean, Case Keenum is is 29 going on 30 next season, correct? Yep. And, Case Ke- and Case Keenum has a history. So so it's not like, unless you really convince yourself, it's not like you look at Case Keenum's performance in 2017 and say, okay, that's it. You say to yourself, okay, that might have been it, but it, it might be a fluke. Um, so I think the one interesting thing about Teddy is I think the conversation about him still revolves around potential of, of where he could go. And to, to Zimmer, I'm sure that's incredibly attractive. But this also comes back to is Rick Spielman saying, okay, Mike, that's all well and good, but I'm sold on Cousins. And if we can get Cousins, it solves the problem for a long time. And short of something bizarre happening to Cousins, this to, this to him is a sure thing. And Mike's saying, I've seen him enough that I don't trust that. And, and it goes back to also what I said before is I think inherently, for the most part, Mike Zimmer – does not trust most quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, now, with the potential of Bridgewater, I, I went back and watched the 2016 preseason and just what he looked like compared to the end of 2015. And The Charger game. The Charger the, game right before he got hurt, he was really good. The Charger game was honestly unbelievable. I mean, some of the throws that he made were, you know who I compare him to? Maybe I've mentioned this before. I think he's a lot like Tony Romo. And I think with where the ball does not come out like a laser beam, but you see all the time where guys with laser beam arms don't do anything uh, mm-hmm. that the accurate guys, it, he was showing, he hit a 25 yard out route into tight coverage, dropped it in perfectly. And that just takes incredible accuracy to do. And I think that he could do that on a fairly consistent basis. So there was really good reason for this team to believe that his trajectory was only going upward. And that's after going 17 and 11 
to start his career and taking his team into the playoffs and leading a, a should-be game-winning drive. So there's there's every reason to understand why Mike Zimmer would want him back, but he does know that if something goes wrong with that knee, that uh, he's looking at another 8-8 eight and eight season probably with a really great team, and you, you don't want to waste it. Uh, let me just give you another takeaway that I've had um, from the Combine because – you know, the rumors that, that just on a daily basis is something different. At first, when we first got there, it was the Vikings are getting cousins. There's no question. And then by the time that I left to come home, it was, well, Denver's probably getting cousins. <laughs> and just, you know, two weeks ago, it was the Jets are getting cousins. Yep. And uh, yep. I'm starting to get the idea that no That's one the combine, quite man. knows. Yeah. But now, something I am more certain of is that the offensive linemen in this draft, Judd, are really spectacular at the guard position especially. And I asked Mike Zimmer about Mike Remmers and whether he's a guard or a tackle, and Zimmer said, well, I really like the flexibility there that he has, the versatility. It gives us more options if we really like a tackle. The tackles are a little light, and they usually go quick. So, you know, the guy from Notre Dame is Mike McGlinchey, of course. I love that name. It's such a football name. Of course, that's Mike his name. McGlinchy. McGlinchy. He, he could be a, he's a top 10 pick. Quinton Nelson is the other guard from Notre Dame. He's probably a top 10 or 15 pick. Past mm-hmm. that though, there are some players at the guard position who are really really good and I would put it far ahead as the number 1. Just give the listeners the names here. Isaiah Wynn from Georgia. Um, James Daniels from Iowa is having a great combine. Will Hernandez is really standing out. He's from UTEP, and there's potential that he could be a tackle, but I think he's probably a guard. Billy Price tore his pectoral, and he's not going to be able to do a lot of the drills, which could result in him being drafted a little lower, maybe even in the second round because of that. It shouldn't, but it might. Uh, sure. And all of these players are first-round talent, plug-and-play type of caliber, so, Judd, I think that there's a really good chance that instead of signing a veteran like Josh Klein or Justin Pugh or, or going all in with Andrew Norwell, I think there's a really good chance that we see a rookie right guard next year. Which, which is fine. Now, is Berger – now, we read, obviously, and I want to say this is a couple months ago now, uh, I believe it was the Pioneer Press reported that Berger was leaning towards retirement – I believe he confirmed that to somebody around the playoffs, and now I see that, that he, he wants to come back. So I guess my question is this. Would you consider if Joe Berger wants to come back at a reasonable price paying him to uh, resume his duties at right guard? I think with both Berger and Newman, it's extremely hard and risky. Uh, if he wants to come back and battle for a position and potentially be a bench player, then that's okay with me. Uh, and the same thing kind of goes for Terrence Newman, even though he had a good year. But I don't want to go into week one resting on a guy who's 37 years old to play right guard, who I thought was just okay. I mean, yeah. he, I, I didn't think that he was uh, bad by any means. And he's a guy that really didn't play for the most of his career and then only started playing in his 30s. So he doesn't have the mileage. And, and I believe he could continue to play at a fairly high level. But I don't want to rely on that with Joe Berger, uh, I would much rather have somebody who was a first-round draft pick, first-round talent, and then have Berger behind that person. And uh, I would say the same thing with Newman, that if he's coming back, he could be a defensive back and 
fill in in different spots, but I would want them to still sign one of the very good nickel cornerbacks if they don't believe Mackenzie Alexander is going to hold down that position. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's a tough decision with Berger, but I could also see him going to the New York Giants and following Pat Shermer because mm-hmm. the Giants' offensive line is a complete disaster. Can Mike actually allow Terrence Newman to walk away? That, that would be my – if Terrence comes back to him and says, I want to play again, is there any way that Zim, who loves this guy, right, absolutely loves him, Zim says, sorry, Terrence, you're done here. I think that he's got to be realistic with Newman in saying, yes, I want you back, but you have to understand that instead of playing 60% of snaps, you're going to play 30% of snaps, and you're just rotating in, or you're just our depth guy, or if uh, someone gets hurt at the safety or corner position, you're the one that's going to be the first guy going in, but you're not going to play. Last year, he played 55% of snaps, and that wow. is that's a lot for a guy who's 39 years old. And he did oh, a, it's unheard of he for, did a, for that position. Yeah, and he did an amazing yeah. job, and that's his wonderful. career is a, an absolute marvel. And he has been one of my favorite players to talk to because I think he is a genius and will immediately step into a great coaching career if he wants one. It's just from a risk standpoint. There are some mm-hmm. very good nickel corners. There is Aaron Colvin from the Jaguars, who I had as my uh, top five free agent target. There is uh, Nickel uh, Roby Coleman, who comes from the Rams. He had a very good season last year. Patrick Robinson, uh, Vikings fans might recognize that name from a certain pick six uh, in the playoffs. Patrick Robinson had a great year last year. So there are guys out there at a reasonable price to lock down that position uh, that you'd probably rather have in over Newman, but at the same time, he's a great guy to have in your locker room. And him forming a relationship last year with Delvin Cook, he had formed a, a really close relationship with Xavier Rhodes. And uh, from what I understand, he drove to and from the facility with Trey Wayans, and maybe that helped with the interesting you know, him growing as a player. So I mean, he his value to this organization is incredible. It's but it's. 40 years old. I mean, being realistic, that's risky. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, I, I just, that's going to be one. I, my sense of, of Zimmer is that he's a very loyal guy. And if, uh, if Terrence comes back and says, I'd like to play, I'd be very curious to be a fly on the wall for that discussion. Cause I think it's going to be tough for him to say no, but you're probably right. You probably have to, at the very least, set up, set some type of parameters then for, okay, I'll take you back and, and you will probably make the team. But if you do, you're not going to play as much because there are definitely guys that they need to start to work in more. And I think who can be successful. And so uh, that's going to be a bit of a balancing act if they do it. And just to, to double back on the point about the offensive line, Orlando Brown has had the most disastrous combine I can remember. I mean, he, he has been a complete joke at the combine. He struggled in the drills. He struggled in everything from the, from the jump to the 40 to, I mean, just had a, an abominable combine that might cause him to drop. He was listed on uh, NFL.com's top five position list. He was listed as the second best tackle, but that might change. And uh, two guys to watch potentially for the Vikings, Connor Williams from Texas, who's a okay. little bit small for a tackle, which actually the Vikings might like the the mobility point and the other one is Colton Miller who ran the quickest they split it up into 10 yard uh you know first 10 yards second 10 yards third 10 yards fourth 10 yards and then uh, they'll they'll take the fastest 10 yards to try and get like the max speed of a guy 
and Colton Miller from UCLA had the highest. And I think that's always going to catch the Vikings' eye because mm-hmm. they want to run outside zone. And they mentioned it. It was either Rick or Mike Zimmer mentioned that they're running outside zone still with Delvin Cook next year. That's the plan. And they got to have offensive linemen who fit that scheme. And uh, Connor Williams and Colton Miller are both guys that do. They just might end up going too early for the Vikings to get them. Interesting. Well, the QB thing to, to me, uh, and I, I know people are probably getting tired of it, or lots of people are by this point. The QB, QB thing to me is one of the most interesting things in a long time here because not only the fact that your three main uh, quarterbacks are going to potentially hit the open market as of March what 12th or so, uh, or 14th collar, but also just the fact that, that you've got a guy like Cousins out there as well. This is going to be extremely interesting, and I think internally the Vikings' conversations would be really, really, really neat to hear in, in this case because I'm willing to bet, the, bet there's a lot of different ideas about how the team should be approaching this. All right, Judd, well, we will keep an eye on all the comings and goings of that situation, and I can't help just laugh a little bit coming away from the combine. I, I think we did take some things, especially from Mike Zimmer's chat about what it's going to be like inside those rooms to have those conversations. But at the same time, the uh, national reporters who come out with now, now Bradford's back in the mix. Nothing changed probably from inside the Vikings within the last day, no, of course but, it did. but now no, they decided. And you know what? Hey, you know what? The, com- the combine has gone, when, when I first co- uh, covered the combine, I think the first one I went to was around 2005 or so. Mm-hmm. It, w- it was really about the combine itself, and then y- you would go and catch up with the uh, you know, GM, coach, or both from the, the team that you covered. But it was really about you know who was looking good as far as the prospects went, right? And who did, did what in the combine activities. Now it seems to me that it's completely gone the other way. And now you sort of pay attention to how guys are doing in the combine and all of that and, and how the prospects are doing. But it's so much now all about speculation. And what did the coach of the team that you cover say? And mm-hmm. what did the GM say? It's become, it's become uh, the football equivalent of what the baseball winter meetings used to be. And it's just incredibly juicy. I'm not sure that we have the right impression all the time from it, but it's incredibly juicy. And I entirely believe Mike Zimmer when he said that they're not there yet when it comes to making this decision. But I, I, would... I think he, I think he hopes they're not because I don't. I'm telling you, I, from his quotes, I don't think he likes necessarily what he's heard from his GM. That's my belief. And you very much might be right. And I guess I would say don't sleep on the idea of them potentially moving up into the middle of the first if there's a quarterback that they uh, that they really like. Okay, so. We will have it all covered for you, as always. That's uh, that's Judd there. And also, if you people listen to our actual radio station, Judd and I do a show on Saturdays, Saturday Sports Talk. I don't think I've mentioned that on the Purple Podcast. Oh, 10 to noon. It's yep. a staple of the station. It yes. is. Yep, it is 10 to noon. And uh, we also put it online at 1500ESPN.com. So appreciate you all listening to the Purple Podcast, and we will catch you later. Bye, Matthew. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. 
At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.